What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. GM Jason Botterill continues his roster surgery this past week as he signs a free agent and also makes another trade. To find out who the free agent the Sabres signed and who the Sabres traded for, along with my thoughts and feelings on each of them, stick around for the upcoming episode. Before we jump into this week's show, I just want to take a time out to say thank you to everyone who has continuously listened to me week after week since the beginning of this podcast. We have grown slowly but surely, and for that, I thank you. Now let's keep the ball rolling and this podcast growing by you sharing me with your friends and family, your coworkers, or just anybody that you know that likes to listen to sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know you can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716. Again, thank you for all the support. Now let's jump right into the episode. All right, let's kick off this episode as we always do with some top stories from around sports. In the NFL, some sad news is Miami Dolphins defensive tackle Kendrick Norton had his arm amputated after a car crash in the Miami area early last Thursday. It is being said that the NFL and the Miami Dolphins will cover all of Kendrick Norton's medical bills. Also out of the NFL, some more sad news is former New England Patriots linebacker and current ESPN analyst Teddy Bruschi is recovering from a stroke he had suffered again last Thursday. His family said in a statement, Bruschi, now 46, suffered a stroke back in 2005. In the NBA, the LA Clippers pull off a blockbuster trade as they trade four unprotected first-round picks and one protected first-round pick. Those are lottery-protected, four unprotected lottery picks and one protected lottery pick along with Danilo Gallinari and point guard Shea Gildress-Alexander to the OKC Thunder in exchange for Paul George. Paul George coming off of one of his best years of his career. The LA Clippers also land free agent and NBA Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard. Leonard is set to sign a four-year, $142 million max contract with the Clippers. In the NHL, the LA Kings re-signed Alex Ayafalo after a career year. This past year, Ayafalo had career highs with 15 goals, 18 assists, and 33 points. He re-signs for two years with an annual average value of $2.425 million. Also in the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks signed uh, left-wing Michael Furland to a four-year deal worth $3.5 million per year. Furland had... Furland had 17 goals and 23 assists this past season in Carolina. That's going to do it for top stories this week. Stick around as in the upcoming episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about one of the free agents that the Buffalo Sabres have signed and also another trade that GM Jason Botterill has made this past week and another trade he has seemingly won hands down. So stick around. This is going to be a pretty interesting show. Alright everybody, welcome back to episode number 24 of Sports Talk Buffalo. 
Sabres GM Jason Botterill is putting in work this offseason as the Buffalo Sabres made a few more acquisitions this week. We're going to start off with the Sabres signing Marcus Johansson to a two-year $9 million deal or 4.5 annual average value. Now, I got to say that when I first heard this, I wasn't overly impressed. I wasn't overly excited. I didn't really think to myself like, man, what a great signing. But the more I looked into it and the more I really dove into Johansson, I really believe this is in a very quality pickup for Jason Botterill. And not just that, but the term. The term is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Two years at $9 million. That is an unbelievable deal for, for Botterill as Johansson was seemingly one of the guys that was going to be coveted in this offseason. And for him to be able to sign him to a two-year deal, not panic on July 1st and and overpay somebody, but be patient and sign Johansson to a two-year uh, deal worth $9 million is fantastic. I think that is a great trade. He, now, Johansson is a fringe top six forward, in my opinion. He could potentially be a top six forward. And they signed him because of his versatility. It seems like they signed him to, if things don't go right, I think, if if Botterill can't make another move, and we'll talk about that in a few seconds, but if Botterill can't make another move and bring in a second line center, I think that he believes that Johansson can be that stopgap guy. I think he believes that Though he hasn't played center in, I think it's about three years or so, that he could potentially be that guy that comes in and 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 just holds it down for a year or two while Middlestat and Cousins get ready to take that second line center role. And you know what? It, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad move. If he doesn't play center, he can play both wings. And just a little bit of information about Johansson. His best season was... Just a few short years ago, 16-17, he scored 24 goals and 34 assists for 58 points. I believe that was one of his first years on the wing, and that was back in Washington. Now, when he played center, he was a an adequate center. He was more of a third-line center than a second-line center, but again, like I said, if he is the type of guy that's going to be brought in just to kind of hold it down, if Botterill can't make another move, then it's not a not a terrible thing. I think if he if if he's gonna slot in on your second line long term, or if if Botterill doesn't think that he can get more, then it's it, it will be a problem down the road. And I don't think Botterill will be able to keep his job very long. I think Botterill is actually already on the hot seat, but some of the moves he's made this off season, man, I got you know I gotta give it to him. He has done in my opinion, a very, very good job this offseason. He said he needed to do some roster surgery. So basically, he needed to go in and and fix up some things. Thought that we had some really, really good talent. I believe it. I I think that we have some really, really solid pieces to work around. There's no doubt about that. But now, again, Johansson, he hasn't really played center the last three years. Hasn't taken more than 75 face-offs in the last three years. But here's one of the things that is is good with uh, Johansson is he's got a lot of 
playoff experience. So he's comes he's comes from a lot of winning cultures. So he's going to be able to show the guys how to win and show them how to get through some tough patches and kind of help provide some leadership for the younger guys and kind of help show Jack, I think, you know, how to get the troops rallied. Johansson's played 94 playoff games, including 22 this past year with Boston, where he was an integral part of them going to the Stanley Cup final. He played 22 games this past season. He had 11 points in this last playoff. Again, do I think he's a number two? I, I don't. I don't think he's a number two. And I do believe that there are more trades coming for the Buffalo Sabres, especially with the uh, the next acquisition that we're going to talk about. But first, let me go over some of the comments that uh, Marcus Johansson has said about why he chose Buffalo. He said, quote, I think just talking to Ralph and Jason, I like what Buffalo's got going. Talking to Ralph, he has some really good ideas on how to play. It's a young and exciting team, so I'm looking forward to it. Once I came down to it, I was really excited about going to Buffalo. So what it sounds like, it sounds like Ralph Kruger and Jason Botterill are starting to be able to really sell some of these guys on what they have in store for the Buffalo Sabres going forward. And that is a positive sign. That means that there is a plan in place and they want to stick to it and they want to make this team better. The philosophies that that Kruger have are already attracting some pretty decent talent to come to Buffalo. Now, with just the signing, I didn't think I was going to have enough to really talk about the Buffalo Sabres this week and do an entire show on them. So I actually had a whole other show planned, and then I couldn't I couldn't record the show and do it the nights that I wanted to do it. And you know what? It actually turned out to be a very good thing because Jason Botterill drops a bomb on us. Out of left field, Botterill acquires right-handed defenseman Henry... Yoki Haru from the Blackhawks in exchange for Alex Nylander. Straight up. Player for player, straight up trade. That's a good old-fashioned hockey trade. Both guys are former number number one round picks. Uh, Yoki Haru was a uh, first round pick in 2017. And Alex Nylander, of course, was a first round pick in 2016. Now, uh, after Nylander traded, he had some things to say about Buffalo. He said, quote, Buffalo, that kind of stuff. That is in the past. Obviously, thought maybe I would be in the NHL sooner than I have been, but I'm just really excited. Looking forward to being a part of the Blackhawks organization. Really good with development players, so they actually know what they're doing. To me, that sounds like a shot at the Buffalo Sabres. It sounds like that he didn't like the way he was handled. He doesn't like the fact that he has spent the last three seasons in the AHL, and he believes that he should have been part of the NHL roster. And as weak as the roster was last year, I have to say that I agree on a little bit of that. I think they should have given him a little bit more of a look if they really thought that he had some high-end talent. But, I mean, maybe they didn't. Maybe seeing him and the lack of effort that I keep hearing about in Rochester, that fact that he was just completely invisible some nights in the AHL really gave pause to the Buffalo Sabres 
to want to bring him up to the NHL level. I mean, he did play 12 games this past year in the NHL, and he had four points, I think. Two goals and two assists. I mean, it's nothing special. I believe in his career in the NHL, let me look here. He had, yes, he had four points in 12 games this past season and six points in 19 NHL games overall. That doesn't scream to me high-end talent. That doesn't scream to me that he is a top six forward. That screams to me expendable. That screams to me an organization that doesn't believe in a player that was drafted by a former regime. That says to me, again, not NHL player. In the AHL, he had just 86 points in 165 AHL games. That's not that impressive, ladies and gentlemen. That's not top six forward. That's not top six forward. Not even a little bit. Not in my opinion. When he came to the NHL, he looked okay. I mean, there was times when I thought that he made some really good plays, but he's a perimeter guy. I thought he got knocked off the puck too easy. I thought he was very weak on the puck. Does he have great hands? Absolutely. Does he have good speed? Yep. But if you think about this as a comparison, Tage Thompson spent a lot of time in the NHL. I didn't think he should have been there, honestly. I think they should have brought up either Victor Olofsson and or CJ Smith in place of Tage Thompson. But I think that it was probably pretty good for some of his development to be here in Buffalo, especially in a season that didn't seem like they were going anywhere. And then they finally sent him down at the end of the year to get a look at some of the other players. And what did Tage Thompson do when he went down to the AHL? He scored nine points in eight games. He dominated in the AHL. He played very, very well night after night for eight games. He showed that I'm a very talented player and that he believes, well, I believe that he has an opportunity to be a, you know, he's he's got some really high-end skill, does Tage. I think that he might actually be able to be a, a top six forward at some point. Not right now, but maybe a little bit down the line, two, three years. But Nylander clearly believes that he was too good for the AHL. But the numbers don't say that. The numbers don't tell me that he was too good to be in the AHL. The numbers tell me that he was a second or third line AHL player. The numbers are telling me that he needs another season in the AHL. And you know what? Good on Jason Botterill for finally pulling the trigger and using Alex Nylander to get a very solid prospect back. Henry Yokiharu has been said that he is a potentially top four, maybe even a top pair defenseman by not just people in Buffalo, but by writers and fans and and analysts in Chicago. People in Chicago absolutely hate this trade for the Blackhawks, and I couldn't be happier for the Sabres. Yokiharu played in 38 games last year and had 12 assists. As a 20-year-old, he averaged roughly 20 minutes a night, and he showed that he can play at the NHL level right now. There's no more development really needed for Yoki Haru. And I think that bringing... And here's another thing. Yoki Haru is a right-handed defenseman. 
another right-handed defenseman. We now have an absolute logjam of right-handed defensemen. He's the sixth guy that they've brought in. They have Rasmus Ristolainen. They have Colin Miller. They have Brandon Montour. They have Casey Nelson. They have Zach Bogosian. And now they have Yoki Haru. It seems to me that this is going to be a setup for another trade. No doubt. No doubt. I think this is an insurance policy for Jason Botterill. And if you thought the Rasmus Ristolainen trade talk started to simmer down and started to lose flame, Botterill just threw another log right on the fire about possibly getting rid of Ristolainen. And you know what? If he does, at least we have multiple guys that can play in that position and that can are, are solid NHL players and are ready to jump right into the lineup and start day one. He went out and got himself some insurance, unlike, he, unlike when he went out and traded for Ryan O'Reilly, or traded Ryan O'Reilly away, I beg your pardon. I think that Botterill really does have a plan, and I do think that you're going to see a Ristolainen in a package to try to land that number two center. Who, who it's going to be, I really don't know. I have no idea. I have some guys that maybe I would like to see, but who it, who the Sabres are going to go after, I really don't know. In my opinion, I think it needs to be more of a stopgap kind of guy, and maybe a guy that would be willing to jump over to the wing when Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat are both ready. Because both of those guys have just unbelievable high-end talent, in my opinion. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Casey Middlestat wasn't ready for the role that they put him in, but I really, 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 really believe that he is one of the best Buffalo Sabres that we have. I really do. In terms of sheer skill, he's one of the better guys that the Sabres have on the roster right now. Can he put it together on the ice? Can he put it together in the NHL? I don't know. He he definitely has to have a better season than he did last year. I want to see him take a big step forward. I believe he had 27 points last year. I want to see Casey Middleset somewhere around 40 points. If he's around 40 points, I think that he I think that the following year he'll be even better. I think if he takes that step forward this year, especially after playing an entire season in the NHL last year, that his development didn't get hurt at all. Because kind of like what they did to Nylander, Nylander thought that he was too good. I believe he, I believe that he believed he was too good to go back to juniors, which I thought that he should have gone to for another season. So they put him in the AHL, and he's done next to nothing in the AHL. He's not shown that he can be an absolute. I mean, for a guy with that skill, he should have been just dominate. <clears throat> pardon me, dominating the AHL. Should have been just absolutely dominating the AHL, and he wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing it. So the Sabres had enough, and they finally made a, a good trade, in my opinion, a great trade for Yoki Haru. Now, the book on Yoki Haru is that he's not flashy. He's he's going to make the simple play. He's going to make the good play. He has nice, crisp passes, and he's very responsible in his own end. 
And like I said, it's not just Buffalo people hyping this up. It's people, if you listen to the comments and, and listen to the analysts, all signs point to another win in a trade for Jason Botterill. And it's vindicating. It's very vindicating that Jason Botterill is winning trade after trade after trade and not afraid to pull the trigger on trades. And and he seems like he's really coming out on the high end of it. I mean, he's really coming out on the on the plus side of things right now. Did he have a bad trade with O'Reilly? Absolutely. But has he come back and made some really good moves for the Buffalo Sabres this offseason? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that he finally, finally has the Sabres going in a direction that they needed to be going in the whole time. And I really, really strongly believe that the Sabres are not done trading yet. Like I said, I really believe that Ristolainen is on his way out. I think they're going to package Ristolainen. I think they maybe even package CJ Smith or Victor Olofsson. I would really hate to see Victor Olofsson leave and maybe a pick and try to get that second line center. I really do. Even if it's just Ristolainen and a first or Ristolainen and a second, a third, a fourth, whatever. Ristolainen and some picks or maybe Ristolainen and and Connor Sherry or or somebody like that in order to land that second line center. I believe that's coming, and I believe that's coming soon. I think that Botterill is just trying to find the right fit, the right guy to play behind Jack Eichel. And after all these trades, I have now begun to believe again in Jason Botterill. When he first came to Buffalo, I believed in him. After a couple of really bad years and a really bad coaching pick of Phil Housley, the doubt creeped in and it was, you know, the the doubt was very loud, okay? But now after him doing some roster surgery and, and revamping the lineup, maybe not so much for the forwards, although he did add uh, Jimmy VC. And he did add Marcus Johansson, two guys who could potentially be top six guys, you know, given an opportunity to, to possibly play top six. They might be given an opportunity to play a top six role this year in the, with Buffalo. But two very solid depth guys, nonetheless, even if they're not top six guys, solid, solid third line guys, no doubt. But again, I really think that that's coming. I think think that that trade's coming. I think Botterill's waiting for the right piece, and I think he's going to get it. I think he's going to get it, and that makes me so much more excited for the Buffalo Sabres season. Uh, What about you guys? Does that make you guys more excited for the Buffalo Sabres season? Do all these trades and all these moves help get you more excited for the season coming up? I know I'm more excited. I mean, man, I can't. Do I want to rush the summer along? Absolutely not. I want the nice weather to stay for a very long time. But the beginning of hockey season is always my one of my favorite times of the year. I absolutely love the start of a fresh new season. And with all these moves, I am so excited to see where the Sabres can go. If you like this podcast, go. I want you to go ahead and tell your friends and tell your family all about it. Let them know that they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites. On Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course right here on Anchor. And if they want to follow me and get any news and 
uh, updates about the podcast and about things going on in sports, they can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Buffalo 716. Once again, I would like to thank you guys for joining in for another week with me, and you guys have a good rest of your week.